<laughs> Welcome back to All About America's team, everybody. This is Ray Nickens joined with, as always, Owen DeChico. And we are here, not shocking to some, shocking to most, with the Cowboys' loss. The Dallas Cowboys lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last night, 19-3. to They were the only team to not score a touchdown in week one of the NFL season, and they are now 0-1 and fourth in the NFC East. We have a lot to talk about, but first, we're just going to get some initial thoughts out of the way just before I hand over the ball to Owen. Just a couple of stats real quickly for our viewers, listeners, and um, watchers. Tom Brady, 18-27, 212 yards, one touchdown, and one interception that I still can't really explain what exactly happened. I don't think – and once again, I'm forgetting forgetting his name. Wilson, Donovan Wilson even knew what happened because he looked like he was shocked to even have the football. Leonard Fournette, 21 carries, 127 yards. Once again, the running defense is pathetic. Mike Evans, five receptions for 71 yards and a touchdown. And Julio Jones making his presence known with three receptions and 69 yards with the two rushes for 17. Very interesting way to use him. And just for the Dallas side, Dak, 14 to 29, 134, one interception to Antonio Winfield Jr. Zeke had a nice night, 10 rushes, 50, 52 yards. And then CeeDee Lamb, the main real story from the wide receivers, 11 targets, only two catches for 29 yards. That's where I'll end the statistics. I'm sure Owen has a lot to say about CeeDee Lamb in particular. So I will not waste any more of any any of our time. Owen, the floor is yours. Take as much time as you need, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm, I want to I wanna paint a picture. So over the offseason, there were a lot of – or I'll go even further than that. Several years ago, after Dallas traded for wide receiver Amari Cooper, he had a, a pretty good tenure with the Cowboys. His his away games were kind of suspect, and sometimes he would disappear. But Dallas, it came up for a contract extension, and there were reports of the then-Washington football team offering him $19 million a year. And Amari told Dallas, they want 19. Can you do any better than that? So they offered him 20 and he resigned. And they put in this in this contract an opt-out year where the, the guaranteed money was no more. Because if you trade someone when they have guaranteed money, that money goes against your books. And Dallas does not want any dead money. They've had far too many in the Tony Romo era. And ever since then, Dallas has managed to take themselves out of the dead cap. So Ray was very upset when when they re-signed him. I was was happy, you know. The the, the 2018 year was not great um, before Amari Cooper came. The first game that Amari Cooper played in, Dallas lost against the um, Titans and one of their safeties decided to do a dance on the Dallas logo. Very, very rough game to get through. So Dallas, um, Amari Cooper has his tenure and has his first few years of his contract, ups and downs. He had a few 200-yard-plus games against the Eagles, got around 1,000 yards. So then this last offseason comes up. He had a rather suspect end of the 2021 year. And there were a lot of reports that Dallas wanted to cut their ties 
My first issue, Dallas, when when you want to get rid of a player, do not tell everyone that if you do not have a trade partner, you will cut him because that means that no team's going to want to trade for him. And also, they could have gotten a much better offer than a fifth round pick, but they did not want to take any of his salary. And Cleveland Browns, as fantastic of an organization as they are, decided to take on his $20 million cap hit. And I remember when he was traded in my head, I was like, okay, what what type of move are they going to make in response? Because Michael Gallup had a, had a torn ACL and CeeDee Lamb, regardless of how, what I thought about him compared to Justin Jefferson, did not show anything um, in his tenure that is that you would look at him and be like, you know what, we're good with him being our number one wide receiver. So Dallas does nothing. They proceed to cut Lyle Collins, who honestly, you either liked you either a Collins guy or a Steele guy. Both had their ups and downs. Steele did have a pretty bad game, and then Collins also had a pretty bad game against TJ Watt. So both I well, I guess that the Collins game is better because at least then you're getting beat against one of the best defensive players in the league where Steele, just a bunch of uh, mental errors. So you cut ties with two of your best players. You're one of your top defensive players in J. Ron Curse. You wait until the last second to bring him back. So Ray and I, and I'm sure a lot of other fans, are wondering what they're going to do with this wide receiver position because doesn't look like Michael Gallup's going to come back anytime soon. The last thing you want to do is rush him back and have him re-injure his Achilles, re-inj- sorry, re-injure his ACL or do worse. So Dallas decides to spend a draft pick on Jalen Tolbert. And when we saw this pick, I was like, okay, we'll see what he can do. You go in a training camp, you go into preseason, and he hasn't, he didn't really show much. There were a lot of mental errors, a lot of, there was one play in particular where he had where he could have caught a touchdown, but his he didn't get two feet in, um, which was very very sad to see. And then you hear about this kid named Dennis Houston, uh, undrafted free agent, and it's you hear a lot you hear a lot of hype about him. You hear how Dak loves the kid, and then you open up your phone Sunday mid or midday and you see that Jalen Tolbert did not make that he was a healthy scratch. So that that I didn't really understand it all that much, but a lot of things did not make sense about this offseason for the Dallas Cowboys. Um I was hoping that Dallas, even though that they cut that that they cut ties with two of their better players, they did not really make any moves to make this net positive. They just, they got worse in two significant areas on football of of their football team. And especially because they were, especially because they were the highest ranked offense in the nation or highest offense in the NFL. It was, you'd like to see them do, do something to make the, um, do something to make cutting those two players look a little bit better on the stat sheet. And they did not. So you have Dak running out with CeeDee Lamb, who during 
hard knocks that, hey, I'm going to have this great year and he can't wait to have this really big year. And then this this season, how Dak's like, yeah, he's ready to be a number one wide receiver. And the whole team's like, yeah, he's ready to go. And everyone's saying how Dak has this widely improved arm angle and how his arm is brand new and how he has five miles per hour more on, on, on his, on his, um, on his, uh, on his throws and how he looks like a much better player. So I, like some other fans, I would assume had hope. Um, you see Dak, um, have a, a shoe injury and I will go on record that I will no longer be taking anything that Dak says. To, I will no longer be believing anything he said because he said that nothing happened. But then um, you, Jake Glazer, I believe his name is said that he heard a pop and it was scar tissue, which apparently a scar tissue popping is good because it means that you have more range of your ankle. So take that is as it is or whatever. So Dallas lines up this um, on Sunday with Dalton Schultz did not have their third round pick. He was a healthy scratch. You have CeeDee Lamb. You have Dennis Houston, um, Noah Brown. That is your collective wide receiving group. When a year ago, going into the Tampa Bay game, Dallas looked, their offensive, their, their wide receiving core looked much better and was top five unit, top 10 unit, was widely respected. So you you cut ties with your best wide receiver, Michael Gallup's injured, and C.D. Lamb is nowhere near the player that any of us thought he would be. So first drive looks great. The beginning of the first drive looks great. Zeke looks like a much much better player. You know, fresh offensive line looks good. And what does Kellen Moore do? Like Kellen Moore always do, decides to do a double reverse, and that just completely blew up the first drive. There, I was baffled, and I'm sure that anyone listening, if you tune into Dallas Cowboy Twitter or any of the the more popular Twitter people, um, everyone was kind of flabbergasted because it didn't really make much sense. Um, I was confused because that's just not something that that's smart to do. Um, I feel like Kellen Moore isn't all that great of a, of a play caller, and I wouldn't be surprised if Mike McCarthy, who is on the hot seat, tells Kellen that I'll be making the play calls, and you can do whatever it is that you want. You can go in the booth for all I care. You're not making any more of the play, any more of the plays. You're not calling any more of the plays. So Dak, he 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 looks he looks all right throughout the rest of the game. He looks pitiful. There were several throws that were off the mark and were just terrible none of the wide receivers were making any separation cd lamb couldn't catch um it's gonna be an issue and it's always has been an issue even back in his days at ou where he just can't catch the ball on plays where he should but then there are also plays where he's like three feet up in the air gets hit by two safeties and somehow managed to catch it manages to hold on to the ball so it makes no sense and I think the most laughable play of the whole collective day was when Dak was rolling out to his right. Noah Brown was staying. Was, 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 his feet were in cement. And Dak airmails him to his left. Now there, there are people who said that Noah Brown moved and that Dak wasn't expecting that. Regardless, the play looked awful, and you had Chris Collinsworth basically say, you know, this is this is the 
the tip of the iceberg. This is the, the cherry on top. Pitiful performance. And yes, like Ray said, only team to not score a touchdown. And when you look back last year, most efficient offense, regarded as the best offense in football, and they scored three points against a team that you definitely could have attacked the middle of the field more. They were different. There were a lot of, of screenshots where the middle of the field was open. And honestly, I feel like if if Tampa Bay played this way last year, Dallas beats them. You had Tom Brady who didn't look who the team didn't look good. Um, Tom Brady looked good. Julio Jones was he looked really good, you know, doesn't really take much to beat Anthony Brown, but but he did it. You had Trayvon Diggs who looked pretty good, Mike Evans who looked good, but whenever they were on whenever they were in the red zone, Michael Parsons and company and Michael basically Michael Parsons and Trayvon Diggs stopped them. And going into halftime, you know, it looked pretty good. It did not look like this was an inc- did not look like that this lead was out of the question, even though there were several games last year where like the Raiders game and the Chiefs game and Bronco or yeah, there are a few other games, the Broncos game, a few other games where Dallas just was awful on offense. And then you have them have this duck. And it was it was difficult to watch. Um and the offense just couldn't get anything going. They were just it was a it was a bad performance on all on all on all accounts. Um and the worst part of it all is that Dak clean broke his thumb and he will be out for six to eight weeks. Um and you have to feel for Mike Mike McCarthy and you have to feel for the Cowboys team because even though Mike has done a really bad job, it's difficult for any head coach to to play winning football when in your three seasons, 50% of the games you've played, your starting quarterback hasn't been a part of it. And yes, last year was inexcusable, but he's only had Dak 50% of the games. And Dak's not some great quarterback and is probably way more average than I would like to admit, but he hasn't really been a part of this football team for much. And I know that I want to say more about Dak later and I'm sure Ray does as well. And we have a bunch of other things we want to get into. So Ray, that was long winded, but um, any response and any type of rant that you want to go on, you are more than welcome to. And the floor is yours. Well, to begin, um, I I thank you for your your very educational picture that you painted of the off season. It was it was it's quite great. it was quite vivid. Um, I have a very vivid picture behind me of the former Cowboys quarterback celebrating after a touchdown pass, probably to a wide receiver known as either Patrick Creighton, Lawrence Robinson, Roy Williams, Jesse Hawley. Kevin Ogletree, who are all wide receivers, not Des Bryant or Jason Witten. So I'll, I'll just remember that. I'll get that into that a little bit later. But to start, uh, the, the Mike McCarthy stuff, I don't really feel bad for Mike McCarthy because his team had 10 penalties for 73 yards, which is, once again, one of the highest penalty totals for week one. They're on pace for 170 penalties for the year if they were to have 10 penalties every week 
something that was supposed to be fixed, it is still not fixed. They are still a highly penalized team. So even with your quarterback going down, if you're going to have 10 penalties, it's inexcusable. You're probably going to lose. And that's what, that's what happened. They kept getting backed up, holding penalties, false starts. Um, I mean, really, if you think about it, most of the penalties were on the offense. It wasn't even the, the defense didn't, wasn't very, wasn't penalized very much. It was really just the offense, either offensive line or illegal. There's one illegal shift that I, that I saw, but it's just really inexcusable that you have your coach. He gets asked a question in the off season about penalties and he gives a remark about saying, obviously we don't want to give up that many penalties and we're, and we're moving in the right direction. But then you come out here week one and you're still as undisciplined as you were in the wild card playoff game. Um, I'll just start with that. Um, at this point, Mike McCarthy is the same coach that he was when he got here, and that's just a coach who has no idea what he's doing at all. And, not, and don't get me started on the on the lack of in, the ineptitude to throw a challenge flag when it was blatantly obvious that the pass to Chris Godwin hit the ground before he grabbed it and went on to run. So. That, that could have changed the game. That was the first down, I believe, on third down. And instead of forcing a punt, they the Bucks got a first down. And Mike McCarthy was unwilling to throw the challenge flag in that situation. But I'll move on from Mike McCarthy. He's the least of my concern. Um, the, main, the main concern is basically on the lines of what Owen was talking about, the lack of desire to improve your team in the offseason. It just it really blows my mind that you have teams like the Los Angeles Rams, Buffalo Bills, Denver Broncos. Um, I mean, I can go on Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I can go. Philly, I mean, Philadelphia Eagles. I can I can go on and on about the teams who improved in the offseason by signing free agent players, and all and all Dallas re- did this offseason was sign a. A um, I guess the Walmart version of the NFL's MVP, who was only returning punts. They they didn't they decided he was not um, dynamic enough to include in the passing game when they couldn't find a spark whatsoever from any other player on at wide receiver. They brought in a forty year old um, left tackle who off his couch because they decided it was not wise to play. Tyler Smith at left tackle and and get him reps when they knew full well that Tyron Smith was probably going to miss time in the this season because of the last five to six seasons he's been out for at least six games and I mean not to knock on Tyler Smith he did do okay at left tackle but he the Cowboys are going to are going to face teams with a lot better left ta- or defensive end rushers than the Bucks and the Bucks lost some people. Um, they lost JPP and uh, the Ndamukong other guy that's like, yeah, Ndamukong Sue rushing the passer who are not there anymore. And Tyler Smith, he was getting beat along the edge, but he did do a decent job. I, I'm not going to blame him for the loss, but he didn't, he, he didn't look great, but he didn't look hor- horrific. But he's going to face some guys who are, who are a lot better than the guys rushing for Tampa. And He's gonna he's gonna continue to get to get bullied by those guys, and we're gonna continue to see the quarterback, whether it's Dak or Cooper Rush, or if they bring in someone else to get hit and put on their back. So 
I really don't understand the thought process of that, waiting until the 11th hour to sign a, a player off his couch, playing Tyler Smith at left guard all preseason. He's probably not going to play a lick of left guard this season, um, depending on if – I mean, depending on if Tyron Smith even comes back and if Jason Peters can even play left tackle well enough to even replace him. That's There's just a lot of question marks there. But really – I just want to get straight into the offense, like the, the skill positions. The de- I have no issue with the with the Dallas defense. They played very, very well. Other well, I guess I have one issue, and that's their running, their rushing defense. That it was it was a disaster. It reminded me of the playoff game versus the Rams. Um, Leonard Fournette, who was basically clowned all offseason for showing up to camp out of shape and then he proceeds to rush for 21 carries for 127 yards on the Dallas defense and guess who the the rookie center who's played left tackle all of his life transitioned to center and the left guard who's also a rookie were leading the way and he was running behind them and, and they were playing they they had phenomenal games I thought and the running game looked very good for Tampa and they protected Tom Brady well enough to where he wasn't on his back the entirety of the game. So I give him major props, but the Dallas defense, the front seven, if you're going to, if you have so many guys that you feel like you can rotate and keep it fresh, there's no excuse for the the running performance of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So that needs to be addressed. Dan Quinn, that's on you. Um, and I want that fixed immediately. But other than that, they did very well. They, they stopped the Bucks in the red, on third downs in the red zone. The only the interception by Dak Prescott, it only led to a field goal, not a touchdown. They did their job, only gave up one touchdown the entirety of the game, and that came a little bit later on when they were a little bit more tired. So they did their job. They held the the Bucks offense, who are very formidable themselves. And the problem is the Dallas offense, once again, like they did in so many big games last year, came up flat. And as much as you want to blame the front office for not surrounding talent at wide receiver around the quarterback or blaming it on Kellen Moore or blaming it on Tony Pollard or Zeke, which you can't really blame on Zeke. He had a phenomenal day averaging over five yards of carry should have probably given him the ball more. I can't believe I'm saying that, but once again, <laughs> I am Zeke was the light on this offense. Once again, the, the Dallas Cowboys quarterback proved that he was completely inept if it's not perfect. The Dallas offensive line was not perfect. Dak struggled. The receivers were not getting open. Dak struggled. Um, I mean, basically, when Dak Prescott has not had a top five offensive line, top two running game, top one wide receiving core, he does not look like a, a, a good quarterback. And, I mean, a lot of, a lot of quarterbacks – deal with problems every week it's not perfect I mean I mean look at the Giants Daniel Jones is not a good quarterback he doesn't really have any receivers and they still manage to beat the Tennessee Titans on the back of Saquon Barkley but that's just better management relying on your best players to win and they targeted CeeDee Lamb 11 times cannot connect with him more than twice um Dak was throwing to Dennis Houston, who was undrafted way more times than he should have. On fourth down, that's where he went. Um, Don Schultz was really the only receiver who had a decent game. 
um, other than Noah Brown. But really, I just want to – it just baffles me how many excuses that he gets when the the quarterback who I have behind me um, had played his entirety of his career with no offensive line except for the last couple of years, a running game who didn't have an 1,000-yard rusher from 2006 to 20, 2012, and wide receivers other than Des Bryant and Jason Witten by the names of Roy Williams, who dropped so many passes than CeeDee Lamb could even count. Laurent Robinson, Patrick Creighton, Jesse Hawley, Dwayne Harris, week-to-week Miles Austin, hamstring or bust, Kevin Ogletree, and Andre Holmes. And half of those receivers had 700 yards plus in multiple seasons. So if, if Dak Prescott is not, does not make people better, other people make him better. And that's really all I have to say. I mean, I'm sorry that he got hurt. It's insult to injury. But before he got hurt, he looked absolutely terrible. And I really do not want to ma- hear any more excuses. I mean, I don't really think anyone's given him excuses. There were fans throwing trash on the field. I think everyone's kind of done with him. Um, I think the only thing that could really be said is that, yeah, it's you're right. He, um, the only years where, where he really looked looked good was 2016, obviously, the later half of 2018, and then. The, the the year well obviously the few games before he tore his he before he broke his ankle mostly that was like being down thirty and coming back so sure you can call it whatever I just you have want. one more one more quick thing I think and shockingly shockingly the person who said this was Mr. Skip Bayless so I'm gonna I'm gonna give him the credit for this he's usually wrong but today he made a decent point last year when the Cowboys played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers there was nobody really in the in the country other than maybe Owen who thought that the Cowboys were going to win they thought that the Bucs were going to blow them out they thought that the Dallas offense was going to get smothered that Dak Prescott was going to get smothered and Dallas came out and Dak Prescott had one of his best games of his career Fast forward to the this season, there's super high expectations. Everyone's talking about the deficiencies of the Bucks' offensive line, talking about how Brady is can, might not be the same, expecting Dallas to win. And the Dak and the Cowboys come out and lay a goose egg. So really, are we are we going to when are we going to ask the question, are are expectations too big for Dak Prescott? Because when there's no expectations, he goes nuts. When there are expectations, he lo- he does not show up. And I can count more than like maybe one game where he showed up. Maybe like if you want to say the Ram the uh, the Seahawks game in the postseason, that's his one game where he came to play and showed up. Other than that, I really can't name another one. Um, he, it's been pretty pretty um, pretty pathetic. And whenever he's gone up against, maybe the honestly maybe the Packers. Well, that there's no expectations for that either, but um, that's really the only game where he where he's met expectations. I if you can think of one, by all means share, but I can't really think of another game where he really showed up and really shocked people, or not or or uh, lived up to what people expected, not shocked people. Yeah, I don't. 
there was the the second time he played the Packers in Dallas. He was up at half, and then they choked. Um, but going back to what you said, Dallas, I don't I don't like to go by like the betting favorites. I think it's kind of I won't say stupid, but it's not for me. Um, but nobody really, they were reporters telling Demarcus Lawrence, like, y'all are supposed to lose this game. Like, how do you feel? And he was like, well, underdogs, like, let, let he was like, we should, uh, you should let us play first. And then you should, then when we'll go from there. I don't really think that uh, the only person that had to get, had the Dallas Cowboys winning the game that were, that were Fox, game was on Fox, right? Analysts yesterday was Jason Garrett. Everyone else said Dallas would lose. I don't think anyone really expected, besides us fans who just decided to, this game was going to be the one game where the team looked halfway decent. Looking back, I knew as soon as Ray texted me, hey, Owen, the whole line of C's besides Dallas is 3-0. Can we make it 4-0? I was like, nope. I went into, I do a league with with um, with, with some family, and it's you have to pick a team who thinks going to win every week. And like two hours before the game started, I switched to Tampa because I was like, this is not happening. Da- Dallas is not going 4 0 in the NFC East. It's just not happening. But Dak is deserving of credit. It's based off of pro football focus, which I don't use that. This is his second worst game of his career. I'd assume the first would be 2017 against the Broncos. I'd assume. I, I mean, I don't know. His game against the, the, the Patriots in the rainstorm is probably his worst game of his career. I don't remember that one too, too vividly, but he threw, he threw a pick six um, in the 2017 one. So I think that'll definitely hurt his mm-hmm. grade a little bit. Um, But it's, um, yeah, like you said, you can, you, you can, you can blame whatever you want, but at some point in time he has to play and he hasn't really, he hasn't, he hasn't shown, um, 2017 was horrible. It was Zeke. Is he going to suspended? Is he going to be suspended? 2018, before Amari Cooper was awful, you had Michael Gallup, who was a rookie, going out there and playing. 2019, that was the year. Yeah, that was that was the year that that Dallas lost against the Philly um, practice squad, I believe. And 2020, he broke his ankle, and then last year was last year. So yeah, I I think Dak's talented. I think that he has some he has some 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 things that you like. He uh a good leader. He can run the ball now apparently. He can de- to zone reads and read options. But just the small Look things as bad like, as ever in the pocket. That I don't think the offensive line was all that strong last night, which is not an excuse, but it's I uh it was awful. Um that, that that's pretty much all that I can say. Um my I will get into this later, but my 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 future hopes and plans for the teams is taken on 180 since We've started this podcast 38 episodes ago, June of 2020, 2021. Yeah, 2021. My um, my 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 expectations and my hope and my desire to watch this football team 
He's out there, out the window. And personally, I would like Jerry Jones to sign Ben DiNucci so that I can watch the sidearm slinger play for six to eight weeks. And you know, you know, the most baffling part about this Dak injury is that his arm looked terrible yesterday. Or yeah, awful. Just completely awful. And he's not going to be able to throw the ball for the next five weeks. Or yeah, five weeks. It's going to take him a month to rehab. Or sorry, a month to recover. And then, so there's, there's no way. I will bet a lot of money that there is no way that he can come back and be any better than he was yesterday. It's well, just, it's good, not happening. The good news is the Cowboys play a bunch of bottom barrel teams later on in the, the Packers? year. Most of the, well, he, he over against the even, Packers. He might not even be back against the Packers. Who knows? They, they are, they are aiming for the Packers game. And that okay, would be. Well, can pencil that in as a loss. But other than that, I think they have the Lions on the schedule, the Jaguars, uh, the Texans. The way the Lions like, played last night. I don't. I don't think they scored thirty-five points against the. Granted, they didn't play all that well, but they were down seventeen in that game, and they they were down like fourteen or seventeen in that game, and they have one of they have a really good head coach. Dallas is not beating that team, even with Dak. They're not. Are mm-hmm. they're both their corners are gonna have CD Lamb just in a box? It's just not happening. The Bears game, you can say that game's gonna win. They they, they might win. Trevor Lawrence is going to dot this this team. The Bears have a worse offensive line than the Cowboys, which is which is so which is it, is it, saying a lot. I mean, if 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 that's one team that you should be able to get to the quarterback, it's going to be the Bears. And yeah, but what I, what I, happened? I, what happened twenty nineteen against the Bears? The Bears destroyed us. That was a terrible. Well, the Bears game were a completely different football team back then. Well, I, I'm I I'm mean, just saying that that there are games where you think you know what Dallas should really win this game and they play awful. So I I don't I don't really expect too many wins. I personally think a 2015 season is going to happen again. Maybe 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 a loss or maybe a win or two less, but. I mean, I think the defense is, is is leaps and bounds above the 2015 defense. So I'm I'm the defense is going to keep the keep the this team in every game that they play against a team that is not a high powered offense with great protection. So if you're if you're if you're a team who's not the Rams or the Bengals, then you're going to have some problems scoring 25 plus points. Even if you and are if the, the Bengals, and if the, Rams, and if the Cowboys, your offensive line was bad, well played played poorly this past year, played this past week, it could be much better. But I'm just like, if you're saying the pressure, both of their offensive lines did not look great. Right, but if you're like the the Rams, they they got Cooper Cup, and the the Bengals have Jamar Chase, T Higgins, who actually could be hurt, and miss some time, but Tyler Boyd, like they have a lot of skill positions, so the. The Cowboys are going to have their hands full with the with the Bengals and the Rams. Other, if you're not those two teams, the Cowboys should be able to defense should be able to keep this team in the game. And if if Cooper Rush can even get like one touchdown each game, it's just like maybe one or two, if they can score one or two touchdowns against the Houston Texans, New York Giants, Jacksonville Jaguars, Detroit Lions. And then a couple of field goals, I think they can steal at least three of those five, six games. Also, and, and that's not, or not even those. It would be the Washington and um, 
and New York that they play early. Like also, I'm looking yeah. at this team one and five at the worst, and like three and four is the best before Dak gets back. And then you have Lions, Texans, Jaguars, um, Bears, Giants again, Washington again, and Philly again. Three points. One, I would much rather them lose now because if they do somehow make the playoffs, they're getting a team will mop the floor with them. Two, I don't think Michael Gallup is going to play now until Dak comes back. There's no reason to play him when you have Cooper Rush, Will Greer. I'm, I mean, th- this team I should be trying to still win. So they, the more the more talent, well, this I mean, obviously we or you want them to tank. Yes. But but if you're the Cowboys organization, you're paying your quarterback however much money that he's getting this year. I'm not sure, but he got forty million last year. So you're paying and I'm and I believe his contract is very top heavy. So you're giving him a lot of money in these first two or three years of this five year deal. You're not tanking for draft picks right now. You're the, the goal of the Cowboys is to win playoff games and win championships. And if they can keep their team afloat, they're going to bring back as many talent on the on the offense as possible to give the backup quarterbacks a chance to at least steal a couple of games. Like the Jerry Jones is not tanking. Mike McCarthy, hell is not tanking because he's trying to keep his job. Kellen Moore's not tanking. He might be out of a job as well. I mean, the only person who's like okay with tanking is Dan Quinn because his his unit is not the issue. Um. Like it, th- this, this team is not going to tank. I know you want change, but th- they're not going to tank this year. Um, they might, they might tank because they're just inept and incompetent, but they're not trying to tank. This isn't like, um, 2015, where the team, when when Romo went down, they realized that their defense was not that great and that their their offense went as Romo went with them. They didn't have Demarco Murray anymore. And they lost a bunch of games really close. This this isn't the same team. Defense is still top five. If you can build up your offense, bring in one more receiver, which would be Michael Gallup, I think they'll be a little bit better than they are right now and can steal one or two games. But I completely disagree with the tanking point. This team is not trying to tank. I'm not saying they're trying to. I'm just saying that I don't think that the offense that you saw yesterday plus Michael Gallup is beating. Obviously, we have to get to that point in the season, but Michael Parsons and company held the GOAT to 19 points. Last year, they scored like 30 on average. They scored three with Dak, and you could say he broke because he broke his thumb, and yeah, he probably would have scored a late-game touchdown, and it would have been 19-10, and the whole world could be jolly. But he's, personally, the what I saw yesterday, I don't see them beating the Lions. I don't really see them beating many teams. And if Michael Gallup comes back, and if he changes, li- if he changes life in Dallas, then I, I, I will say I was wrong, and I will move on. But... Having Michael Gallup come back doesn't change the fact that Dennis Houston is going to be getting significant playing time. Doesn't change the fact that Noah Brown was bad. 
doesn't change the fact that Zeke, oh yeah, get this, Zeke and Tony Pollard split car- split t- playing time doesn't change the fact that they had Tony Pollard in pass protection and he was getting lit up like a candle. It was well, that's terrible why he probably doesn't play very much is because he can't protect. He was in play, he w- he was protecting. They were if you look up Tony Pollard pass protected on Twitter, he was getting flamed. No, no I'm saying I yeah I I saw I, I I saw the disaster, but that's probably one of the reasons where Zeke is in the like Zeke is gonna Zeke. That's the one thing that he's good at is pass protection. That's probably yeah. why he's getting most of those reps. And Pollard's not really on the field very much in those key situations because he can't block the rusher. I, I don't um, understand why you would try that now. Then, like, at least if you want to put him on the field, put him in the slot or something like that. I, I, I really don't get it. Yeah, Dan Quinn, his defense. Personally, if I'm a defensive player and if I've held Tom Brady to twelve points at halftime and it's twelve three and this 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 offense does nothing, if if Lenny Fournette wants to run up the middle, let him run up the middle. And also, I think a part that is is bothering me is that tomorrow at 9 a.m. Eastern, Central, whatever time, Michael Parsons is going to get in a nice suit and he's going to go on Undisputed and he's going to spew some nonsense. And he got flamed on Twitter and and Malik Hooker, who is a respectable player coming out of college and, and with, with the Colts, commented under it and said, there's no reason, basically... There's no reason to put this on Twitter. They have enough. They have enough. Um, they have enough things on their back that they are getting flamed for. He does not need to get seventy thousand likes of Lenny Fournette just coming at him. And I'm I'm not looking forward. I'm not even gonna. I'm not, I wasn't. I wasn't planning on watching it. But I'm not looking forward to seeing what type of excuses or nonsense Michael Parsons tries to to spew tomorrow. He's he called Lenny Fournette a, a choice word, and I think that he is very soft for doing so. I do not think that, that was a leader. I don't think a leader does that. I think a leader stays off Twitter and moves on their business. You'll never see Dak ranting on Twitter. You might see him rant in the post game, but you'll never see him attack someone on Twitter. And also, and then I'll say this, and then I will be quiet. And Ray, you can say whatever you want. I think it is time for CeeDee Lamb to change his number back to number 10. When he was drafted 17th overall, he wanted to wear number 10. I forget why he wanted to wear it, but he wanted to wear it. Jerry Jones went to him and said, no, you're going to take 88. Nothing about CeeDee Lamb shows 88. Regardless of his play on the field, Des Bryant, if if they were playing poorly, I don't care how, who was playing. I don't care if the kicker was playing poorly. Des Bryant had his helmet off in his face. Des Bryant was angry and he would get he would get you. And sometimes he could be a little a little too much. But I'm I'm sure Michael Irvin did the same, and I'm sure Pearson did the same. CD Lamb, his body, there were a lot of tweets. His body language was awful. They, they, there's no there's no like, oh, like there's there's like, oh, like that was my fault. Like I need to do better. There's none of that. And sure, behind closed doors, he behind closed doors, he can be this great guy. Like, yeah, that was my bad Dak, but his him on the field, pitiful performance, especially when you have a guy who was drafted several slots after him, putting up almost 200 yards against, I'd assume, Jair Alexander. It just not mention, can't. Not to mention Jerry Judy having a very solid game tonight with a competent yeah. quarterback. Yeah, and they still lost. But 
it's that's not it's irrelevant <laughs> but it's we're talking stats yes so if if we want to if we want to talk about kicking and decision making and all that we can save that for a much happier day yes we can but <laughs> cd lamb i don't understand how this is two off seasons in a row where you know like you he ted i got this and i think a lot of this has to do with with us fans seeing justin jefferson put up 1400 yards 1500 yards last last two years record years for jj and us being like well cd was supposed to be the better prospect he was taken higher he looked he probably looked better in college and then you just he has he doesn't look great he looks not like a number one wide receiver and i know there are a lot of jets fans that that were very upset when when they didn't draft him, but take Beckton. I just just be happy with him. But I, there are just too many issues on this team, and we just spent forty minutes ranting. So Ray, the next thing that I that I wanted to ask you was. I guess I will go first. Or you know, you can go first. For all of this, for this past game, give me the good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, um, I think that the good, really the only good of this game is Micah Parsons. He was the main reason why Tampa did not get two touchdowns in the red zone because he sacked Brady once on each third down in the red zone to force two field goals. He was the only player on the defense who really made a splash play. I mean, Donovan Wilson had that late interception, but it really didn't impact the game as much as those two sacks did. Um, So that's my good. My bad is, I mean, really the, 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 the production from the wide receivers. Um, nobody did their job. C.D. Lamb, two catches on 11 targets. I don't really understand how you can't get your top wide receiver the football and have him catch it more than twice. I mean, there are so many things that you can do to get him involved. Bubble, bubble. I mean, they even tried a bubble screen, and the pass was so that terrible that it, it. I mean, it just it was just a bad play. But swing routes and get him on a reverse, quick outs, like slant plays. I. Like there, there's just it doesn't really. I I don't really process what what happened there. But I mean, the ugly the ugly has to be the quarterback. I mean, from the from the first snap to when he got hurt, he was terrible. At one point, he was seven for seventeen for under a hundred yards passing, um, and an interception. I mean, he he was airmailing receivers, missing missing um outside. I mean the the back shoulder throw to Houston was, I mean, I mean for why are you first of all why are you throwing to Houston in that situation and also if you're going to throw it to him at least give him a chance, and he didn't he did not do that on the fourth down it goes back to Houston, super telegraphed incomplete should have been a pick six honestly if he gets his hand on the football he's gone the other way and we're having a completely different conversation, but I mean the ugly Dak Prescott, bad wide receivers, good Micah Parsons, and really that's pretty. I mean the Micah Parsons, you're always regardless of what he says on Undisputed tomorrow or what he says on Twitter, he's going to give you 100 percent on the field, and he's the most consistent player on this football team. 
fair. Okay, good. I have Zeke. He looked looked pretty good. Second, Diggs. I think Diggs. You know, he had to delete his Twitter, so that's all. That's all we need to know about how his off season went. Um, there were a few plays that if he doesn't make those plays, you're looking at a score that is probably 14 more points than it is right now. There were two plays where he was just he jumped pretty high up in the air and he used his very long wingspan to get the ball out of the way. And yeah, he got beat on the on the touchdown, but he tried to jam Evans. Evans didn't allow him to jam, and then he caught a one-handed pass. I don't really know who could stop that. But that's not an excuse. He had a touchdown, but be that what it is. Michael Parsons rounds out the good. The bad offensive line at times, sometimes they looked inept. My second bad is Tony Pollard and pass protection. I think a trash can would have done better at times. At least a trash can will stand still and will not move away from an incoming linebacker. And I'll go run defense at times and also Kellen Moore. Just rock solid game from Kellen Moore. Ugly Dak, probably the worst performance I've seen from start to end of a quarterback. Uh, CeeDee Lamb has shown nothing and he's supposed to get an extension at the end of this year. So if he doesn't if he doesn't show up, he's not getting paid and you the Jaguars can go give him 150 million dollars guaranteed. And also the the rest of the 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 island of misfit toy wide receiver unit. Um if Jalen Tolbert is inactive to go into next week then I think we have a lot more questions about this team. I don't think, I don't, I don't care if Tolbert doesn't even get it, doesn't even get a target. There's no way that he's he's that bad. Also about this wide receiving unit, Simi Foco was talked about pretty highly. I only saw him play when Cooper Rush came in at the end of the game. That's an issue. If if he's supposed to be your deep threat, why not have him play? It was just. An overall bad game. Ray, did you wanna did you wanna uh, talk more about Dak or have we um have I think we we've, we've done we've, that. We we've yeah. done that. But I just wanna say one quick thing about CD Land. That's been just kind of and I and I I said this when he was drafted. We were not doing this podcast back then, so I'm just this is gonna be breaking news to some people cd lamb is a what played wide receiver at the university of oklahoma not alabama not ohio state not clemson not lsu he played at oklahoma where wide wide receivers at oklahoma are known to either be brittle or busts we have sterling shepherd has not found his way has been hurt most of his his career um kenny stills who's been okay D.D. Westbrook, nobody remembers who that is. The Jack, um, he was he's a Jaguar, I believe. Right, but like he's done. What has he done? <laughs> is basically what I mean. Um, and then you have a couple guys, Malcolm Kelly, who I don't know who that is. He played before I was really old enough to know who that is. And then we have C.D. Lamb. And those are really the main guys who have come out of Oklahoma playing wide receivers other than the guys from the 70s and 80s and 90s and whatnot. And 
Like I didn't think that C D Lamb had high draft dra- had a high draft grade, was a high prospect, and I really did not like him at all. And it's not because I go to Baylor and hate the Oklahoma Sooners and all that. It's it's literally that I didn't think he was that that great. And he came in a draft class with Jerry Judy from Alabama. Alabama is a wide receiver haven. Um, and then Justin Jefferson out of LSU who had one of the greatest wide receiving seasons ever, followed by his buddy Jamar Chase, who is also tearing up the league. So, like, C.D. Lamb, you can say that he was a wide receiver three, and then he had to work his way up the depth chart. But Justin Jefferson came into the league as a wide receiver two. Adam Thielen was the guy. Kirk Cousins trusted Adam Thielen, and Justin Jefferson built the rapport with his quarterback, made plays. Kirk Cousins trusted him, and he's had two straight breakout years, and he's on pace for another one. And Jamar Chase, really, he had a really bad camp. Everyone was complaining about the drops. And what what does the quarterback say? He said, he'll be ready for the real games. And sure enough, huge season, and he's on pace for another huge season. Um, C.D. Lamb has had the same issue over and over and over again, drops, inconsistency, not being dependable. And and, my, and I thought, and, and honestly, your point about Des Bryant was spot on. Des Bryant was a fiery guy. Um, he, he could be a head case. Uh, people, some people had problems with how he acted on the sideline. But, I mean, I'll – I'll always remember seeing Des Bryant going nuts or angry or upset, and and then he'll get, he would go out and make a huge play, a big catch. Um, it's and really like the, those are the people that care. Like you'll you'll have um, Tony behind me will be in shouting matches with with Brian on the sideline trying to get him to calm down, and then the very next possession, Romo's where's Romo going? Des Bryant for a big big catch big game touchdown. And I mean, I don't know what Dak does on the sideline. I'm sure. I mean, everyone says he's a great leader. He had the face of the franchise. Everyone it will, will ride him to into the sunset. But I mean, the, the like CD lamb is still is not helping him out very well. I mean, he's getting 11 targets, only catches two. doesn't really, you can't really find him. I mean, it's, it might be a, the worst wide receiver performance I've seen from a Dallas wide receiver in a long time. And that's saying something because I've been on Amari Cooper for four years now for, for not showing up on the road. And I mean, CD lamb did, did one worse. Like, <laughs> like I'm at the point where I I might have to apologize formally to Amari Cooper because that was what I saw last night was just atrocious. Like I, I can't. And the body language, I, I don't really look for body language very much. I mean, I, I saw some shoulders shrink, shrunking or whatever, but I mean, if if he if you can't catch, if you can't get catch more than two passes, and you're wearing the most one of the most well known, probably the most well known number for the Dallas Cowboys organization, then like there you shouldn't one you should not be getting that much traction, and two you should probably not be wearing the number. Yeah, so, it was Jerry Jones that that, that that made him. He was like, "You should wear it." But no, I, I everything you said, spot on. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess we can transition to the the um, 
expectations for the rest the of the controversial season. part of the show where we where we talk about long term changes. Okay, which so you have a lot to say. I I have some to say. So I'll I, I'll go first because it will take okay. a little bit shorter for me, and then yeah. you can follow up and give us your five your two year plan. Are you doing just this plan. season and then and then? I'm future. just doing like what I want, to, like off season moves or draft moves or what, like what not, like what they should do to improve. Okay. Um, I mean the the people who've seen these that our our show for a little bit, they'll know that I'm one of the biggest trolling people alive when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys. I've made Owen upset with some of the comments I've made regarding the quarterback position and who the Cowboys should sign or draft or whatnot. I mean, I've campaigned for Joe Burrow. I've campaigned for Mac Andy Jones, Dalton. even or Andy, like Camp Andy Dalton. Ben I mean, he he ended up being the quarterback. Yeah, Ben DiNucci. <laughs> um, Arch Manning is my new guy. You may have the to most, do um, most recently Quinn Ewers, who I may have I to do was, Cam Newton. Apparently, they they may they may trade for him. Yeah, well, I, I don't really want him. He can or or Jimmy Jimmy G. Yeah, Jimmy Jimmy G. I've Dax heard father. some Tyler Tyler Huntley's comments. That was pretty funny from Rex Ryan today. The two first round picks for Tyler Huntley. Um, but I mean, just just basically doing everything in my power to get Dak Prescott removed from this quarterback position. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna try and live up to my my title that I have on the screen for the viewers, um, and try and stay as objective as possible. The Dallas Cowboys are most likely not going to be moving on from Dak Prescott after the season. So as much as I would like them to grab Bryce Young or any other quarterback, not C.J. Stroud, because I have zero faith in C.J. Stroud as a a next-level quarterback, um, they're definitely not going to do that. Um, I think the main, the, the most important thing for the Dallas Cowboys to do right now is to revamp their running attack. And that to start to draft a comp, some offensive linemen who are big time. And if you, and this season is going to put them in a position where they have a higher than what was expected pick, that's going to give them an opportunity to grab a, a top left tackle. Or if you want to eventually, if you want to just change your mind and put Tyler Smith in the interior, um, you can do that by drafting a, 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 a tackle position. And then I want the Cowboys to go after a running back. Um, and I, I made the tweet about EJ Smith. It, it was half joking, half serious. Um, he's looked very good at Stanford his last couple of years. He will be eligible to be drafted depending on how he plays the rest of the year. I would may or may not want them to go after him in like the second or third round and put him behind this offensive line. I think Zeke's it's about time for the Cowboys to move on from Zeke and to get a fresher blood, younger, a younger body in there who's not as who hasn't had seven hundred a thousand hits on his body, and just kind of revamp because Dak Prescott has not shown that he can lead this team passing the football to wins. He's got to have a running attack and the and really the Cowboys. That's when they're at their best is when they're running the football effectively. So this first year, I would like to see them revamp that running game as best as they can. Um. If you can grab another wide receiver, great. If not, you run out there with CeeDee Lamb and, and Michael Gallup and others, and the wide receiving attack is going to be played off the play action 
in the in the running game. If you're I mean, I see them riding out Dak's contract unless he continues to get hurt and they have to replace him with somebody else. But if you still haven't won a Super Bowl in two or three years when it's up, that's when you go after your next quarterback of the future. Because I don't see the Cowboys re-signing him if they do, if they don't do anything. So that's basically my short and sweet take. I think the defense is fine. Maybe address the the interior defensive line, grab another corner, but you have you have plenty of linebackers to, you know, really get you three, four, five years, and the defense at this point is, is totally fine how it is, and I don't really see very huge drastic changes. Yeah, um, I I do agree. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go towards like two different chain of thoughts. So either one, they can go after that defensive lineman from Georgia, Carter, I believe is his last name. Um, he might not be from Georgia, but the the athletic freak at defensive tackle. So you can either get him, and then you can shore up your defense. Or what I think, I what I think is probably going to happen. If I'm looking at the schedule for next for um for this year, well, remember, Owen, it's not what probably will happen; it's what you want to do. Okay, if you so, were the GM. Mm-hmm. So what 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 I would want them to do is to see how you're doing at the bye week. If you have one win, and if you if if you don't, if you have one win, there's no point in bringing Dak back. There is no there's there's no point. The, sadly, he has not been fully healthy since 2018, 2019. It's been this will be his third consecutive year of having an injury, which is not good. Not good at all. And Stephen Jones was asked, is Dak an injury-prone quarterback? And he said, no, he's built to last. Granted, the first injury, some um, Jordan Love falling on his foot, or no, sorry, um, the other cornerback falling on his foot, that's that. That's not on Dak. Dak, Dak. Dak can't work in the weight room more to not have that happen. The calf strain, yeah, just stretch out your calves. This that's my that's my favorite favorite term. Stretch <laughs> out those muscles. <laughs> this one freak freak accident. Dak, yeah, there, there, there's no way that Dak can just like. There's just no way, and it was it was funny. I saw it, it was like Dak breaks his breaks his thumb at a bad at at a bad attempt at a uh, at a high five, and it was like yeah, pretty much. You said that. My my apologies. So, if 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 I if I want if I was the GM, what I would do is don't play well. There's really no, there's no there's no reason to. Michael Parsons is probably going to keep you in most games, and company will. But J. Ron Curse has an MCL sprain, and he's in my opinion the best safety on the team, I and he's Israel not going to be playing. Huh? This will this will give us the opportunity to play is is Israel, and that's who I want out there. And, the and Bell. And Bell. And, and Bell. So Bring them on. Both of them. And um, McGovern has a high ankle sprain. Won't see him for a while. So you have to have Matt. You're gonna have. You're gonna have to have Matt. Matt Farnock at left guard. Tyler Smith. He looked pretty good. He had one penalty, but he he looked good. They uh, they were they were. I heard from people that are much more intelligent in offensive tackle play than I am that he reverted to 
muscle memory more than often and did not play. And there were a few reps where he didn't look all that good, but he'll, he'll get better. So I'm not really worried about that. Zach Martin is not getting any younger. He's going to have to. He's going to retire at some point in time or he's going to leave. Terrence Steele is not the option at right tackle. Wide receiver, there is no wide receiver on this team that I'm comfortable with having several years down the line from now. Michael McGallop will get cut in three years when his contract is over, regardless of how well he plays. Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones will say that his contract is too expensive and that they cannot afford it, and they will cut him. Zeke will get cut after this year. Tony Pollard's a free agent. They're not re-signing him. So yes, EJ Smith, put a put a, put a star on your helmet. Welcome to the team. Defense, you're good. Um, Brian Anger, bring him back. Um, McCarthy, you're gonna have to go back and watch more football for the next year and a half because you're not gonna be the you're not gonna be the head coach anymore. Um, Kellen Moore, go coach it, um, Boise State. Leaves us to, he did. Leaves us to our defensive coordinator. Now my issue is that if they try to get Sean Payton, they're gonna have to give up a first round pick, and that that's stupid. So your your defensive coordinator Dan Quinn is now your head coach. You do not play well this year. Top five pick. If you get the first overall pick, which is probably not gonna happen, but if it does, for in 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 a, in, a, in a good world, if it does, I think you have you have a you take a long hard look at this depth chart and you say who gives us a better chance to win Dak or Bryce or, um, or Bryce Young and after Bryce Young after his performance against Texas I watched I'm not I'm not a big college football guy when I watched that it, it, it was good it, it looked good oh my God. It, it, it looks good I can't this. so the first overall pick bringing Young now, you have two quarterbacks on your team. Call up Chicago. Call up any team with a quarterback. Say, hey, Dak, looks great. He's, he's just not, he's not, he's not for us anymore. But I he mean, he's in need of a new home. Chicago just kicked Justin Fields at number nine. Other team. Dak Prescott needs a new home. Someone, give him a new home. Give us a first round pick or maybe two, and Dak Prescott can be yours. Because, because, Dak Prescott needs a new home. So are they going to eat the, the the guaranteed money? They they will make some work around. Jerry's a, a good money man. They'll, they'll they'll work something out. So oh, oh brother, this my, happens. My 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 reality <laughs> is coming true in the most bizarre way I could have. Just keep going. I, keep going. I, I'm keep I'm going. a big I'm a big fan of Dak. I do. Oh, well, I I don't. Uh, this is the. Okay, I'm I'm a fan of his, but he's. I think that there's only this team is just they 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 are no longer gelled. They have they have grown apart. Do you think his leadership tactics are not resonating no. with the team anymore? No, I don't think it's that. I think that the the front office blames everyone but themselves. They were asked questions about. You, your team looked bad, and he was like, well, C.D. Lamb needs to do better. And it was like, no, y'all need to do better building this team because if you if you knew that C.D. Lamb wasn't ready, then go get Julio Jones. Go get someone. Yeah, could you imagine having good 
thinking of the idea of to grab <laughs> Julio Jones off of his couch. No, how? he was available for That's months. Bizarre. Yes, he, he was. Julio Jones was available for two or three months after the after the season, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers signed picked him up at the eleventh hour, and he had three catches for sixty nine yards and almost had another bizarre play on the sideline but near the end zone for an additional 30 or 40 yards. That would have put him over 100 yards. And, I mean, he, he made splash plays. Julio Jones walks into the Dallas 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 facility, and he's the number one wide receiver. Just I don't care if he's 40 years old. <laughs> he's the best receiver on that team. Because, yeah, one, sure. he's reliable. Two, he can still make big plays. Three, when he's healthy, he still can get open. And, four, he's Julio freaking Jones. Yeah, he had, he had a 300-yard receiving game. Do I touchdowns. think that that – yeah, for sure. Do I think that'll happen? No, I think they'll keep Dak. And it's difficult on any quarterback when when Stephen Jones says, you know what, our team got worse, but 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 Dak will lead us to victory. That – if Aaron if Aaron Rodgers cannot bring his 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 group of, of, of wide receivers to the playoffs, there is no way that Dak. Is he bringing his band? Well, the jury is still people. out on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I mean, well, this just, is this is overreaction Monday. We're talking. I, I'm about. I'm just saying that that if Aaron Rodgers cannot get his collective group to the playoffs, yes, there's no way yes, Dak is. Yes, yes, yes. So it, it so the issue with with a rebuild is that Dallas has gotten lucky. There was a rebuild between 2015. In 2016, and they rebuild their whole team in three months. That's it. That, well, that's not. Well, if you think about it, it the reason why the Dallas Cowboys were had, were bad in 2015 was because their quarterback got hurt. Yeah, but I'm if, just saying. If Tony, like Romo, if Tony Romo played that season, they would be a playoff team. Number one, number two, most likely win another playoff game. And number three, maybe win multiple playoff games because they were on a trend up. They were one play away from winning, getting to their first NFC championship game. And God knows how well (laughs) we do know. It's just takes some math um, that I don't really want to do at this time. 28 years. 2015, 2015, no quarterback. 2016, you used your pathetic record to get your new running back Ezekiel Elliott who then walked behind the offensive line he was still healthy from the 2014 season and even though Romo got hurt again on another freak playing the preseason the Cowboys were able to put in their fourth round quarterback Dak Prescott and run their way to victory yep so really what's happened with the Cowboys is their offensive line is old Travis Frederick's gone. Tyron Smith is not healthy. Zach Martin's the only one left from that offensive line because Doug Free is no longer there, as well as Ron, Ron O'Leary, who was also not there. I miss him. So, so really, I mean, Des Bryant's not there, but you you had like C.D. Lamb is there. He's not. I mean, he's closer to Terrence Williams than he is Des Bryant. Um, Terrence Williams had some big games. He did. He 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 showed up. And Lamb has 30, shown 30 up to yet. 35 years down the line. We're going to look back at these last 2014 through 2024, whatever it is. And people are going to be saying, 
what is the difference between the Tony Romo, the end of the Tony Romo era in the in the in the beginning slash middle slash end era of Dak Prescott? And if I were to bet, which I will, the the difference will be Tony Romo made his wide receivers better and Dak Prescott's wide receivers made Dak. Slash the running game, which I said earlier. But we 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 saw in this game what happens when you can't elevate your team. And I mean you're saying get Bryce Young, but I don't think that Bryce Young is going to be available just because we have the easiest schedule. Based on the easiest schedule. Tied, I think. Because we play the same teams, I believe. But I'm going to read you the the schedule. I want you to go based off the performance that you saw yesterday. And no quarterback. And and Cooper Rush for, for a decent amount. So we'll go up to the Packers game for Cooper, and then Dak okay. will go. Okay. You you play the the Bengals. Dallas Loss. is not beating that game, beating them. Loss. The Giants. Dallas is not beating that that team. Is it at home? Um, no, it's in it's in New York. It's sorry, okay. New Jersey. I mean, I mean, Daniel Jones is going to give you the football. Sa- so- Saquon Barkley is going to have two hundred yards or some insane right. number like that. I mean, I think that the Cowboys have a – that game's going to be low scoring, and they could win. I'm just going to give them the victory. I think they're more likely to beat the Giants than they are Washington, so I'll give them the win. Walk it to them once. Loss. The Rams game. Loss. The Eagles game. Loss. The Lions game. Win. Oof. The Bears game. Win. The pack, so he went three and whatever. So now, now you're at three wins. The Packers with Dak. I'll say loss. Okay. The Vikings. Loss. The Giants. Win. Four. The Colts. Loss. The Texans. Win. The Jaguars. Win. The Eagles. Win. The Titans. Win. The Commanders. Win. I think that's seven or eight. Okay, well, going on a little bit of a hot streak. Okay, so you and I are, are view that the, the schedule differently. I mean, I mean, that's just the end of the year. They have, like, their schedules gets really easy. So well, yeah, easy on paper. I, I don't. I personally, I just don't foresee this team who had a million opportunities to beat the Buccaneers last night. I do not foresee them with probably less opportunities because it was at home, beating beating Trevor Lawrence and his plethora of 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 interesting weapons and Josh Allen on defense. I, I just I don't see it happening. I'm sorry. I don't think I've ever seen I, I I want to be the the, the troll and, and and jump on your the, the the train that you have you have built. But all aboard. Just 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 for 
I mean, I mean, Owen knows Owen knows as well as anyone that, like, even even on Twitter yesterday, I was having a field day. Um, but I mean, you just gotta look at it on paper and be like, and this is just based on you know the bright wanting the first overall pick or whatever, or like the, the Cowboys are not going to be in a position to get a quarterback because of how easy their schedule is. That's why I'm saying you got to revamp what got what got made you successful from the end of the Romo era to the beginning of the Prescott era, which is your running, which is your running attack. If you can, if you can, if the Cowboys can get back to their, their identity from 2014 through 2017, let's say 2014 through 2017, because they had a, well, really they've had an a thousand yard rusher since 2013. But they, really, they didn't. When, they, when, they didn't. They missed a, a year or two with with Zeke. I thought. Okay. Well. Okay. But his twenty seventeen. I don't think he got it. And then maybe he, another. He didn't another get to a thousand in twenty seventeen. No, because he was suspended for six games. He was close though. He had like nine hundred or something like that. Okay. Fine. Then, then, then Dallas, then Dallas can go get the UT quarterback in the year and and two years from now. 2020, 2020, 2017. Yeah, he was yeah. 20, 13, 17 yards away from a thousand <laughs> in 2017. And he I'll missed round six up. games. Imagine. I'll round up. Zeke, prime, prime Zeke. I, I wish that Dallas could go back and take carries away from him and just even if it means being awful in 2016 just the longevity because imagine if he was like 500 carries less just imagine how much better he would be now wouldn't probably wouldn't be having these issues we're having now maybe a little better yeah but yeah so I mean, Dallas, when they when they've been their best, they ran the football effectively, and they they decided that bec- that since everyone was trying to pass and were having a fet- success, that they were going to do that as well. And it's fallen flat on their face because now they are left with a pedestrian wide receiver room, a quarterback who cannot elevate his wide receivers, and a broken down shell of themselves offensive line. So Dak's so twenty nine. Immediately, immediately, what you got to do is build up the offensive line, ride out Prescott's contract. If you're still in the same position you are today, you can you can look at whoever you want in four, three, four years, depending so, on who that is, so and, and you can and you can evaluate at that point. But as so, of right now, it's got to be the offensive line number one. So if you're Dallas, if he has a bad season next year. And you can get rid of him. Don't get rid of him. Well, when 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 is the m- earliest you can get rid of him? Without next a off huge. Right. Not it's the year after Zeke. So next season, so two off seasons from now. I mean, you know me. If he if I can get rid of Dak and pay zero dollars, I will. So then, but, what you get you 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 get rid of him, and then you set up to get a quarterback. You, the the guy from UT, you're gonna have to, or or, or the kid that, from it, USC, it, 
Caleb Williams, you're going to have to get someone. I, I, don't, I don't like Caleb Williams at all, so probably not him. Um, I mean, it, it depends on who, who's available because I can't predict two years into the future and say they'll be the first overall pick no, in the draft. By then, we're going to have a new, a new head coach, new offensive coordinator. There's yeah, just... the new regime is probably going to want to re- start fresh. Obviously, yeah. Jerry's not going to allow them to start fresh because he's really the issue above everything else. It's Jerry Jones. So um, I, and I he was once again, once again in front of the media talking a bunch of nonsense that he always does. But, I mean, me personally, I would wait as long as I can. Okay. In order to get the, the quarterback that you want. Um, I want Arch Manning. I don't care that he hasn't played a single college snap. Um, I know Arch Manning was talented. Peyton Manning has two rings. Eli Manning has two rings. I'm going to trust the Manning name. I don't need to see any snaps. If I could have them play quarterback for the Cowboys right now, I would take it. So if, if we have to wait three well, Three, he's a senior years. now, right? If we have to wait four years for him to get there, I will wait four years for well, him he, to get there. Well, he's a senior, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, so I have to so, wait four so college viewers, football seasons. No, I don't think so. Cause, so next year he'll be a freshman. They're going to redshirt him because Ewers is going to play. Then his, rush, his redshirt freshman year, so three years. Yeah. Yeah. So I will. I will wait four years. I will – I will slug out the Dak Prescott era if we can draft Arch Manning. It is going to be hilarious because the irony of all of this is that he's probably going to have like an insane year for Dallas in the next oh, he will. three years. He he's going he, to win like MVP or something like that. And they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna cut ties. Who won the Super Bowl before Arch Manning comes? And they'll be like, you know what, Dak? Sayonara, buddy. They the Cowboys are no not gonna win the Super Bowl with, with Dak Prescott. Dak is twenty nine right now. He'll be thirty by the end of the year, and his last three years have been injury prone. He's been in the league for seven years. Mm-hmm. I like Dak as a human. I like Dak. I as like a football him as a player as well. But I I think that at some point in time, I um I fell in love with Dak and the idea of all of this and just how great it was. But I think at the end of the day, you kind of have to look at your football team and make, make some difficult decisions. And I think that realistically what will happen is that they will get a top 10 pick and they're probably going to take Will Anderson Jr. And if they, if they, what are you not a fan of Will Anderson, Ray? Oh, I'm a big fan. I'm just saying they need offensive line. But if Badly. they get, a, I I have not heard any of the offensive linemen yet. So as soon as that comes out, and we have, I'm just saying, like players that have before, like the rankings and all that come out. Sure, offensive line would be great, but I think that if you were to get Will, I think if Will Anderson is someone to look at. But honestly, we all have to start looking at the draft because that's all we have to look forward to. I'm I'm tweeting something. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's been 
this this season is going to be rough. I think that this season is probably going to be better than the, in the 2015 season, like Ray said. But the only hope is that Dallas gets Ben DiNucci and we can see the Nooch play. That's all I'm looking forward to. Well, I just sent out a, a bombshell tweet on the All About America's Team Twitter page. Live that will be – that is – that is America's team, capital P, capital C, for everyone who wants to see or hear, or I guess see and read. Um, this is Overreaction Monday, so take everything <laughs> that we're saying with a grain of salt. Um, our opinions could change even next week, but I doubt yeah. it will change yeah. by next week. And but, also, for everyone that is wondering why we have zero one and Ray one zero, we I decided that it would think it would be cool to look at every week and for next next week the Bengals we both pick Dallas to lose so if Dallas somehow wins I'll be 0-2 and Ray will be 1-1 but if they lose I'll be 1-1 and he'll be 2-0 so we're just going to see this year to make it interesting who has the better year and by by week 17 week 18 whoever wins will have a party for them or something I don't know if I jump around if what what will you give me if I go undefeated on my predictions this year? I'll give you a high five. If if, if mm. Dallas wins ten games, oh brother, I have to see Cooper Rush play for the next four years. Oh no! And then you can see Arch Manning in twenty twenty six. But that's we've we've long we have we have we have dragged this episode out long enough. I feel like. Um, it's it's been a it's been a fun one to say to to say it lightly, but we'll, Ray and I are both little... depressed, and Ray and I are are, are speaking to the depression. We we will have a few days to recuperate before we break down the the what's sure to be a, a an exciting <laughs> game versus the Bengals. You can look out for that either Thursday or Friday. That'll probably win be when we'll be alive once again. Just to for give all it of you. That that are betting people, Saturday. I I I would I would take take the over for Jamar Chase because they're gonna have Anthony Brown on him, whatever the whatever the the single game receiving record is, he'll get that. Mm. Anthony Brown because it's I don't think Anthony Brown's a bad player, but that's just how this year is going. It's trending down by the day. Yeah, but look out for Twitter. Um, Twitter, we, we, we both of us really had a highlight Twitter per, Twitter performances yesterday and today. So yeah. the, the Twitter game is trending up, and it, I'm sure it will get better and better as the as the negativity goes up, up, up. So this season's in for is going to be a wild one, not because of success or defeat, just the storylines and the and the hilariousness of it all. It's just gonna formulate into tweets that you do not want to miss so america's team capital p capital c follow it share it retweet it comment on it like it whatever you want to do but this has been a this has been a, an episode we'll be back friday thursday or friday to, to break down cowboys Bengals. and yeah. and uh, hopefully, ray and i dax surgery went well and he'll be back yeah. soon yeah ray and i have some things in the work with uh Guests, I hope that y'all liked the, um, the previous episode of the intro to the Buccaneers game. And Ray and I have some things in the works. So, yeah, so look out for that. Oh, yeah. Well, 
go Cowboys. And yes, like Ray said, if y'all want to smile through the tears, like my 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 picture is displaying, then please follow the Twitter and you can laugh while Dallas gets beat by seventy points on Sunday. And also, if you if you need a happy something something to cheer you up or want to look back at the glory days, and you have NFL Plus premium that gives you access to every game going back to 2009 i will tweet out a list of cowboys games that are must watch from the romo era that will bring a smile to your face so be looking unlike out this. for that unlike uh, you could be oh you can you not be the man behind owen be the man behind me that's all i got to say for this one well hopefully y'all enjoyed this this episode and hopefully it was able to 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 make you smile through 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 the tears, for most of it I'm half joking, but I do think that at some point in time it it is need for change. But I'm hopeful that Dak will be able to write out his contract, like Ray said, and and if for whatever reason they do get the first overall pick, it's gonna be an interesting draft, folks. Oh, it will da- be da- a very interesting. Da- draft. Dallas will somehow not take the great player, and they'll take some like punter from Nebraska. <laughs> But, maybe let's take Casey Thompson. That's that's that'll be fun. But yeah, have a great rest of your night, everyone. And go Cowboys. Go Cowboys.